0: Welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Chanov, and today we are continuing with our French food theme. From last week, fresh off the episode with trends of Instagram's StoreBot is Fine, what a great episode that was. Thank you again, Trent, if you're listening. Um, I also want to take some time to welcome a whole slew of you that have followed me, um, or really followed the podcast on Instagram and listened to the episode with Trent. Um, I'm loving this sort of store-bought-is-fine, good vanilla crossover. Um, It's just been so lovely. I've received some wonderful DMs from you on Instagram And um, some of you have also joined the Facebook group for The Good Vanilla. It's just been really lovely. So in a way, this is a thank you not only to Trent, of course, but a thank you to everyone who's, you know, now listening to the podcast and and like all aboard on The Good Vanilla Express, really. It's just been lovely. Um, And with that, I think it's time to dive straight into today's episode. So here we go. This is season 6, episode 11, which is appropriately called Thank You Dinner. So Ina begins. For 20 years, I ran a specialty food store, so I know how hard the retail business is. Dory Elkirk runs a wonderful store in East Hampton called Calypso, and she's asked me to cater a party to thank her employees. The owner, Christiane, is French, so I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do a very French dinner for them? To start, I'm making a Provencal vegetable soup that's packed with flavor and topped with a spoonful of garlic tomato and basil pistou, which is like a French version of pesto. And for the main course, a spectacular seafood platter piled high with succulent cooked lobsters, giant shrimp, blue claw crabs, fresh clams, and ray oysters. Raw oysters, (laughs) not ray oysters. Uh, Autocorrect. Anyway. Uh, And for dessert... Coconut madeleines, shell-shaped pound cakes filled with sweet coconut and served with coffee. Dory's setting a table smack in the middle of the store. And if I don't start the soup, they'll never have dinner. (laughs) Which is, uh, (laughs) what a way to, uh, you know, wrap up that little intro. I know that was good. Um, but yeah, a lot of good stuff here. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I'll save my thoughts. Let's just get into this Provencal veggie soup. So, Ina starts by sautéing two chopped yellow onions with some olive oil. And next, uh, she chops up some potatoes, and she says, forget peeling them. And honestly, I am definitely in the camp of keeping the skins on for potatoes, also cucumbers. I feel like Keon does not like the skin on the cucumbers, but you gotta have the skin. I mean, give it a wash if you have to, of course, but I feel like the skin on cucumbers and potatoes are, um, you know, I feel like that's where a lot of the nutrients lie. I could be wrong, but um, I just like that extra texture, I guess. Whoa, there's a truck that dro- just drove by. I hope everyone heard that. Um, so next, she chops up some carrots. And she does this really great little trick where, the, you know, like, it's like an actual carrot, obviously, where the carrot like tapers off. She chops as normal, but then once it gets to be a little bit thicker on the end, she cuts it in half and then dices it, which I feel is a it's a pretty good trick. I, I don't really, we don't really buy whole carrots. We don't really even buy carrots too often. To be honest, it's just like, I don't know, like a, a bag of baby carrots every once in a while, but they always get too slimy. It's like you kind of have to take it out of that bag almost immediately but then they dry out. It's a whole thing. Anyway, I do like carrots though. Um, but, uh, anyway, next are the leeks, which she washes the sand out of, of course, because we all know that leeks are extra sandy. Um, and then she adds some saffron. She goes into her pantry for this, for the introduction of the saffron. It I mean, it deserves it really. Uh, she explains that saffron is, as we all know, the stamens of a particular crocus that are found in Spain and Turkey. But I think she said mainly Turkey. And it's, for anyone who's bought saffron too, you get like a, just like a pinch of it. And I feel like it's $15. I am that's like a ballpark. I really don't know if it's that expensive, but it is definitely, I think it is the most expensive herb like on the planet. Um, So... Yeah, saffron, we have it in our house. We barely use it. I feel like our friend Jess got um, it for us or for me for a birthday or something like that. I don't necessarily know how long it keeps. Ina has hers in like this little like short squat little vial with like a cork top. It's really cute. I should I should get one, I think. Um, So she's stirring the soup. Ina tells us about Dory who has a fabulous sense of design, and Ina is certain that she's going to do a gorgeous table. So next we cut to the score, the store, excuse me, straight to Calypso. Um, I don't know who this woman is, but Dory has a helper, and um, the helper asks, <laughs> this is just like the most barefoot tessa question that's ever been asked, ever. She's like, Dory, what do you think about using one of these antique Suzanis?" <laughs> it's just like the the bouginess of it all. And, and a Suzani almost reminds me like I didn't look up the definition, but like it's just a really brightly colored. Actually, I should probably look that up. I think we all deserve to know what a Suzani is. Okay, here we are. So, a Suzani, according to Google, is a type of embroidered and decorative tribal textile made in Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and other Central Asian countries. And Suzani is from the Persian word, which means needle. So there we go. Um, And as you can imagine, they're brightly colored, like really great patterns, like very bold sort of textures. Um, It actually is great, like all kidding aside, like the Suzani is everything. So I feel like we actually have um, a tablecloth that's very close to a Suzani. It's not, you know, it's not an authentic Suzani, but uh, we'll pretend. Um, and of course, so Dory replies, "I think it'd be perfect." Uh, and she also adds that the light tablecloth underneath really makes the Susani stand out. So they pull out some like fabulous cups, and then some like iridescent like oyster shell shells, like clam shells. I don't know how else to describe them, but they're like I don't know the size of uh, like a coaster almost, and they're iridescent. They're really beautiful, actually. They're probably like fifty dollars for four of them. Um, it's really great. Like the, I I do like the style of this store. It's like East Hampton meets like, I don't know, like maybe it's almost like the Middle East. But now that I know what a Suzani is, I guess it's more like a, um, more of a, like a central Asian design, but it's, it's really kind of this like amalgamation of that, meets East Hampton and like this boho chic kind of way there are like some really sort of like beige taupey things but there's also like uh, like these fabulous pillows and like all of these other really lovely things in the store we should all I mean I think we should definitely put it on the list uh for those new listeners I am uh I'm creating my sort of if I ever get to East Hampton which I will one of these days you know I'm going to I'm really gonna do like everything. I, I've made a sort of tour of my own of stops that I want to see, like loaves and fishes, and you know all the sort of stops that Ina frequents. And I think I think Calypso's going on the list. I mean, I, it almost has to, um, especially after this episode. But more on that later. Uh, but next, it's time for some uh, pistou. So that's spelled P-I-S-T-O-U. At least that's what the subtitles told me. Um, So Ina is chopping up some garlic, which she throws into the food processor and adds a quarter cup of tomato paste and lots of fresh basil. And then she gives it a quick puree followed by a drizzling of olive oil on top. And then last but certainly not least, uh, freshly grated Parmesan cheese. So she kind of whips that up. It looks great. I would spread this on, I don't know, pretty much anything that I could get my hands on. It kind of reminds me of... I mean, it is sort of pesto minus, you know, the the pine nuts, I guess, too. But and like with a red sauce, I guess. But it looks it looks so great. Um, so next we have string beans and pasta. She's cutting up some string beans into like two inch pieces and then she puts them uh, into the soup. Did I miss the... um? Oh, I guess maybe not. Did she dump in the chicken stock yet? I don't know why I missed that. At some point, she might have dumped in three quarts of chicken stock. I feel like I skipped over that note when I was uh, really getting into the Suzani's of it all. So apologies. But anyway, she puts in the string beans. Um, and she also puts in a quarter pound of spaghetti, which I found so unusual. I feel like, I don't know. It's not that spaghetti isn't like a glamorous sort of pasta, but I, I, I don't know. I'm sure it like thickens it up a little bit. And But she, like, breaks the noodles, like, in half and, like, in half again. Maybe, like, thirds. It doesn't matter. Um, So we're back to the store with Dory, and I feel like we need to give this woman a name. She looks like... she looks like a Melissa. So we're gonna go with that. So Dory tells Melissa that the table is basically done. So we'll use these neat bowls with texture on them to give a little rough element. And then Melissa comes up with the idea to put everyone's individual spoon on those iridescent oyster shells. And uh, of course, Dory approves. Uh, And then Dory adds that they'll have a little wood on the table to give a little natural element as well. And she puts down this like beautiful wooden bowl. Um, There's a lot going on on the tablescape, I will say, but there is something really unusually, like it's like organized chaos, really, but I'm loving it. Like I feel like, they're really, I feel like they're maximalists over at Calypso. You know Melissa and Dory, and but I feel like it's 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 thoughtful in a way that doesn't feel like the table looks like using Aina's words a dog's breakfast. Um, it's just really kind of cool and unique. So, I mean Dory and Melissa, they know what they're up to. Um, okay, so let's get to. Um, the Madeleines And I, I have no idea. Madeleines, Madeline's, It's it gives me anxiety every time that I have to pronounce it. Um, Keon and I call them mandolins because he mistakenly called them that at a French bakery down the street. And I was mortified. I had to correct him immediately and apologize to the, <laughs> the, the person behind the counter, who I don't know if was French at all. I mean, obviously, there's I think like the owner is French. She's lovely. I don't know her name. Um, but now and forever, we will always call them mandolins because it's also easier to say. Um, and the Madeline's at, it's called La Gourmandine. It's in Lawrenceville in Pittsburgh. It's great. And it's dangerously close to my house, which is, you know, a problem because if I go on a walk or just if I'm, you know, it's, if it's the weekend and I'm like, Ooh, what if we went to La Gourmandine and got like a couple yum yums and like a coffee? It's really great. I wish they had like, outdoor seating, like some little, I don't know, I picture, like, this, like, two-seater tables, like, in the shade, um, in this little, like, courtyard. That's, that's my dream. That's my Le Gourmandine dream, but, um, anyway, the madeleines there are so good. They have plain, and they also have, uh, chocolate dipped. I will, I will say that, obviously, the chocolate dipped is the superior madeleine at Le Gourmandine, but I swear... And I, we'll get to it in just a second too, but I swear that Le Gourmandine adds just like a smidge of orange zest, which, as we know, you know, faithful listeners, chocolate. I'm I'm not a huge fan of chocolate and orange; it's not really in my wheelhouse. Um, but I will make the exception for these madeleines because they are divine. Um, but speaking of those, let's let's get to Ina's madeleine. So she cracks three eggs into a bowl and dumps them in the, uh, in the mixer, adds two thirds of a cup of sugar. And Ina tells us that if you do want to do a classic Madeleine, you can leave, leave, out the coconut, um, and add a little lemon zest. So maybe that is what, maybe that is what Le Gourmandine adds, but I swear it's orange. Like I feel lemon zest. It's probably lemon zest, but I just feel like it's different. I, I should just ask them. I'm sure they would tell me that. Um, I'll report back that on that later because I go there like every other day. Um, and last but not least, to the batter, she adds a teaspoon of good vanilla, or at least a wet batter. Um, so while those wet ingredients are doing their thing in the standing mixer, mixer, she prepares the dry ingredients, which is, you know, nothing too exciting here. It's flour, baking powder, some salt. She does add cornstarch to it, which I feel like, I don't know, I feel like cornstarch is like that secret cool ingredient that like bakers know, but like us common folk don't know that makes everything like beautiful and fluffy um so she lowers the speed on the mixer and adds a quarter pound of butter to the wet ingredients which i guess that's just a stick of butter right i don't know why a quarter pound of butter just sounds so like it sounds like a lot but i know it's not um so then she adds the dry ingredients to the wets after the batter has come together she adds the coconuts and then she gets out the Madeleine molds or like a tray mold. We'll call them molds. I don't know. She's buttered and floured them. And Ina tell, tells us about her pet peeve of specialized baking equipment, which is really funny because Trent and I talked about that last week, that she really doesn't like cooking equipment or baking equipment that is like, it's just like a one use sort of thing, um, and I think last week we were talking about like a garlic press, like just use a knife, like you don't have to buy a garlic press because that's the only time you're going to be using a garlic press is for garlic. But I do love my garlic press. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Sometimes chopping garlic is just a pain in the ass. So the thing that I hate about a garlic press though, is when, cause you have to take the skin out, you know, like after maybe one or two of them, it's just like, all right, I gotta clean this out, and then it's like hard to dig in there. You know, first world problems here, but um, so yeah, Ina's you know railing against specialized baking equipment, but she says, but there is something about Madeline's that I adore. So in this case, I'll make an exception. <laughs> um, and she said they're widely available almost everywhere. So you know, maybe I need to make these. I I mean, I probably save a lot of money to be honest if I just made them because. Ugh, I can't even count how many of these I've eaten in my life. Um, and she just slaps those puppies into the oven. And I will say, too, like, the Madeleines, they look like a cookie. They look like they're going to be really hard, almost like a shortbread. Si- but it is it is sor- sort of like a shortbread. I don't want to say shortbread, but it's it's definitely cakey, if that makes sense. Uh, it's They're really good. Um, anyway... Next up is the seafood seafood platter. Uh, And the first thing she makes is a mignonette sauce, uh, which is traditionally served with raw oysters. And it seems, I mean, it is pretty simple to make. It's three quarters of a cup of white wine or champagne vinegar, uh, some chopped shallots or shallots, and a tablespoon of sugar. And she, she doesn't really cook it for that long, or at least it didn't seem like it in the episode. After she cooks it for a couple minutes, she takes it off the oven, and then um, she gets out some herbs. She grabs some parsley, some dill, and some chives from her garden, of course. Um, and next, we cut back to Calypso, where the gals are putting on the final touches here to the the table. They're still decorating that table, really. I shouldn't even say final touches because I feel like there's more... Um, so Dory tells us that Ina sent her a task list. So all she has to do now is find a place for the platters and a hot plate. And then Melissa, who is listed as woman in the subtitle, she doesn't even get a name. It's a tragedy. Well, on the good vanilla, she does get a name. So I mean, it'd be great if her name was Melissa, actually. But uh anyways, Melissa asks Dory, what do you think about adding some pillows to these chairs? And Dory, of course, is is very agreeable. I wonder if Dory was forced to say yes. Like, what if Dory didn't want the pillows, Melissa? Like, I guess she just said that it was probably all planned out. You know, there. I bet you Dory was like, okay, I'll do the iridescent oysters. And then you do the tablecloth, the Susani. <laughs> um, but it was cute. I mean, I, I actually really love these girls a lot. By the end of the episode, I was like, really into it. Um... So Melissa does say, the reason I say this because Melissa, I feel like they were planning these pillows out. And then Dory was like, what if they were all green or something? And Melissa does say in the episode, she's like, well, they can just, we can just mix and match. They don't have to be perfect. I picture Dory like glaring at her off camera. She's like, this is not what we rehearsed. <laughs> um, but Um, uh, So anyway, Dory says, well, it looks really cozy. What a good idea to have a dinner party at the shop. And Melissa grabs Dory's arm just very lightly and, like, kind of leans in as if she's trying to whisper. She's like, I'm so glad that we don't have to cook. <laughs> and um, I think it, Dory says, I know. I'm sure Ina's meal will be great. And then she says, I'm ready to party. And Melissa says, fantastic. And then they just kind of. <laughs> I like don't know what to do after that. They're like we didn't we didn't practice any more than this, uh. But it's it's perfect because we're right on time. We head back to Ina's place. She is making a mayo mustard sauce. Beautiful. Anything mixed with mayo is gonna be great in my book, unless you don't like mayo. But um, who doesn't love mayo? Uh, so she into the 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 mayo mustard sauce. Of course, goes mayonnaise. Hellmann's bring out the best a little Dijon, and a little whole grain mustard. Whole grain mustard is a lot to me. Like, I do like mustard, but sometimes it's a little overpowering. But I think with the amount of mayo that Ina put in this, it would be just perfect. I think I would like that. So next, um, Ina is building this seafood. I keep saying seafood. I can't not because I keep looking at the word platter. (laughs) So I'm saying seafood. I'll just call it seafood. See, I can't even do it now. Seafood platter. A platter of seafood is what I really should say and just save myself the trouble here. Um, So she's filling this platter of seafood with crushed ice, which I feel like isn't readily available to the masses. She's like, if you can't get... What did she say? I didn't write this down, but she's like, if you can't get crushed ice at the grocery store or where you get your soda, just ask the, the seafood shop. They said... She's like, most of the time, or sometimes, I think she said, they have crushed rice (laughs) <laughs> crushed rice. Oh, I am flying off the rails here. Crushed ice, um, available. So yeah, I'm sure you could do it. I would be mortified to ask for it though. I would need someone to ask for me because my anxiety would be like through the roof. Um, so she brings out these beautiful, like cherry red lobsters. Everything is cooked by the way. That was one of the tips that Ina said. She's like, I'll give you a hot tip about building a seafood, platter of seafood is, have them do it for you, which I love. Um so she has these lobsters. I feel like she put like three or four of them on there. Uh two crabs cut in half, jumbo shrimp peeled and deveined, which is perfect. And then she also advi- as she's building the platter, she's 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 letting us know not to be tempted to like scatter everything around otherwise it'll look like a dog's breakfast. It's a mess. Um, I love dog's breakfast. That's like something she brings back a lot. Actually, I feel like anytime she looks, she thinks something looks bad or could potentially looks bad, look bad. It's uh, a dog's breakfast. A dog's breakfast isn't, I mean, the, the wet food is pretty gross, but you know, if it's kibble, there's nothing too bad about kibble, I know. I don't know. Um, she brings out next, she puts on the oysters and the clams, um, I, okay, I don't mind fresh oysters. I can probably eat about uh, like five or six of them before I really start to think about what I'm eating. You know what I mean? It's like, I need to have some sort of lemon for sure. I know sometimes people put, um, is it horseradish sauce? No, um, cocktail sauce, maybe. I don't know, some sort of red sauce, which I don't really love. Horseradish is like, I can take it or leave it. Um and cocktail sauce I'm really not a big fan of, which of course horseradish is in, so it's fine, but like I've had oysters and maybe I there is like an oyster restaurant in in my neighborhood too, which we've never went to, but like I'm not running towards towards oysters. I I just I I never will. But if they're there, I'll try them. If I if I didn't order it, like I'd probably try 3 of someone else's and then be like, yeah, I'm done here. Because it just looks like, I don't know, a pebble of snot. (laughs) It's like, again, just like blue cheese, like who looked at an oyster or a clam and was like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to eat this. And you know, just take my chances. I don't know. Um, And I know you just swallow them anyway. But like, what's the point of, you know, I don't know they're fine is all I'm saying. Really. I'm, I'm just going around in circles here with myself, but, um, to finish off the platter of seafood, she slips in some fresh lemon halves just to kind of brighten it up a little bit. And she also on the side, she has some rye bread with butter and some tomatoes. They're sort of, uh, you know, those, what are those tomatoes called? Oh my goodness. The tomatoes that are like different colors. I don't feel like looking it up, but we all know what we're talking about. They're like yellow, green, orange, red. They're just like these beautiful heirloom, heirloom, heirloom tomatoes. Uh, we're going to go with it. Um, but I don't know how that fits in with this. Is that a traditional sort of like French side dish to the platter of seafood? It just seems like it doesn't belong. But also, I mean, I'm never going to turn down bread with butter and tomatoes, honestly. So... I feel all in all, this platter cost about like $400. <laughs> I really do. I, I would be curious how much this cost. And maybe it didn't, but I just feel like she really got the best of the best and she got it cooked and she got that crushed ice. Who knows how much that cost? Or maybe she just kind of like winked at them and then they gave her the ice. Who knows? So next we cut back to Calypso. All of the gals have arrived. It's probably about five or six of them, which is crazy because like, there's so much food; it is truly a feast, and they show them eating the seafood seafood platter. Ugh, and then they um, they don't show them eating the the soup though. And quite frankly, I don't I don't think I would even need the soup after the seafood platter. Like I just would be so stuffed at the same time. Um, but of course, I mean, who am I kidding? I would eat everything in sight. So. Um, As the girls are like, or the women rather, are gabbing and kind of just like you know enjoying the food, we pan back to Ina sitting at the counter. It almost seemed like I almost felt bad for Ina. I was like, oh, I wish she was there. But if I know Ina, I feel like this is one of those situations where she's like, I'm not going to join you. I'm going to cook you some fabulous things, and I'm going to go home and sit in silence with myself, and I'm I'm going to love it. And I think she really is enjoying herself. She's at the end of the counter in the kitchen, just, like, buttering a piece of rye bread. She has a cut, like, three oysters, a few madeleines, and she's just kind of, you know, living her life. Um, and then we cut back to Melissa, who says, are you ready for this? Melissa says, anyone want a mandolin? <laughs> How dare you, Melissa? I was, I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And then you messed it up. <laughs> um i laughed really hard at that one um because that's what keon called it and it it is very tempting to say mandolin but there's no n in the word so it's i would just i think the safest thing is to just call it a madeline but it's madeleine madeleine, ugh, i don't even know um but melissa messed it up um we we do learn that one of the other women in the room is named jennifer because they say something about like Jennifer loves her coffee, and they're all like, "ba ba 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 ba." So I don't know. Maybe Melissa is Jennifer. Who knows? Um, but Dory, and it's the end of the episode, or not the end of the episode. It's because there's actually one more scene. She she kind of lifts her glass and she says, "Here's to our team, and here's to Ina for the great meal." And then they cheers, and it's it's cute. And in the last few seconds of the show, we cut back to Ina who says, I hope they're enjoying their feast as much as I'm enjoying mine. And then she just kind of like throws back an oyster and then says, mmm, superbe, (laughs) like a French accent. It even says in French accent as she says, superbe. Well, Ina was right. This is indeed a superb episode um, that is unfortunately coming to a close. Uh, But thank you again, everyone, for listening and supporting the podcast. And again, welcome to all you new crossover. StoreBot is fine, listeners. I am... So excited to have you aboard! Um, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod, and you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for the Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search the Good Vanilla. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.